Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel, Episode 4, Seeing Red. Excited to talk about this. First, we have the super producer in the house, one Jake Christie. Jake, how are you, my friend? I'm doing really well. I'm not seeing red because I'm in a good mood. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And sitting in for Jerome Chang, we have our pal, friend of the show, Hunter Radice. Hunter, how are you? I am living the dream. I'm on your podcast, so how do you think I'm doing? I'm doing great. No, oh, that's that's very kind of you. Appreciate that. We do. <laughs> I do have to add a shout out to Jerome, who's in Parts Unknown. Enjoy your time, Jerome. We will see you very he, soon. He is coming back. We're yes. not covering up like an accident where he we're going to reveal like he died or something like that. I he got rid back. of Jerome because I really, <laughs> I was really trying to get on this again, and I just needed to find a way in. So I did what I had to do. Well, there, well, there you go. You're you're back on, and we do have a guest. We have a guest joining us today. She is an author. We have a writer, an established writer on the premises. Make sure July twelfth, you get Spidey's Social Dilemma, the beginning of a trilogy, from one Preeti Chibber. Preeti, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to have you. Hi, I have a quick correction. The book Ooh. comes out July 26th. Oh! I, I know. It's it's an update. It's not your fault. I got hit okay. with supply chain issues, and they pushed it. Happens to the best of us. This podcast <laughs> was supposed to come out yesterday, but supply chain issues hit us, too. <laughs> Those damn supply chain issues. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you on, and kind of just really wanted to dive in as customary as usual when we get somebody on that who hasn't been on the show before. When it comes to Ms. Marvel, what has been your thoughts through these first three episodes before we dive into episode four? I love it. I, I love everything about it. I love her. I love the aesthetic. I love the storytelling. I love the music. I am obsessed with this show. Oh, oh, oh I, I want to hear a little bit more. Like, because I know culturally speaking, that this has been very, very wonderful for for a representation of uh, Pakistani, Muslim, um, Swana cu- culture, like all of those things have really it's hit a touchstone for people like this. Like people are really digging it. So if you could give me like a little bit more in terms of what this means to you, seeing this representation on screen. Sure. So I'm I'm Indian and Hindu, like not Pakistani, not Muslim. But I can remember when Kamala Khan launched in the comics in 2013 and what a massively important thing that was and what an exciting moment that was for, you know, I I grew up with little to nothing in terms of seeing brown girls on, on the pages, on screen, like in Western media. And Kamala Khan not only debuting, but being such an incredible like first volume that first volume of no normal from g willow wilson sana amana and adrian alfona is top five comics of all time it's so good and so now just a little under a decade later the fact that this character can exist on screen and be so true to her roots in a way that doesn't feel infantilizing it doesn't feel like superficial 
her life on screen feels lived in, if that makes sense. Like there's no commentary about her culture happening. There's no commentary about like in terms of the character itself, like she's not interacting with her culture in a way for us to see her interacting with her culture. She just is. It's just a fact of her life that exists within the structure of this show. It's so refreshing to see a brown kid get to exist in this sort of like dual identity of being Pakistani American, Muslim American, and what that means on multiple levels for her. And then on top of that being the superhero, right? It's so, mm. it's so cathartic at times. And like, so like I, tr- I cried in that first trailer when she's like, it's not Brown girls from Jersey who get to save the, save the world. And I was like, but you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> that is that. No, that is awesome. I think thinking about the way that the show has gone to this point, just from a just from a personal standpoint there is something genuine there is something incredibly authentic about these not only iman's portrayal but the characters around her the family aspect that has just it's honestly it's heartening to see that because i think in a lot of cases when it comes to these disney plus shows yeah wandavision has the the talking about the grief and Loki kind of has his own talky therapy type of thing going on. And most of these shows have kind of had a specific way of doing this. But this is the first time that I have really felt like the spirit of a show in, in this Disney Plus MCU era. And that's kind of like my conduit in, in hearing your words here. It, it makes me smile. It makes me happy because it's like it's resonating with people of that culture, too, which I think is important. And the creators have set out to really do that. You could see that love in their work, which is really cool. So, Hunter, you haven't been on either. Uh, so what what have been your general thoughts about Miss Marvel through three episodes? Well, I also love it. I mean, I feel like this is one of those shows that's so hard not to love. (laughs) It's just, it's so gosh darn likable. I mean, like, when I first got the screeners and I watched those first two episodes um, and I was talking to some people about it, the word that just kept coming to mind was delightful. And I'm not, like, I don't use the word delightful (laughs) on a regular basis. But he was just so charming and such a treat. And like you said, uh, Iman Balani, like, just what what a find on Marvel's part. I mean, she she just is the character uh, in a way that feels so special. And, you know, especially with the Spider-Man movies, and there's a lot of coming-of-age tales in comic books and in comic book media and adaptations and yada, yada, yada. You know, that, like, John Hughes name gets thrown around a lot. Or just being like, oh, it's like John Hughes, because that seems to be the catch-all for any sort of coming-of-age ever. Mm-hmm since he started doing it. Um, but truthfully, I feel like, uh, like you mentioned spirit before, like the, the spirit of that and the, the soul of that, like that coming of age, John Hughes is, it comes through in this for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we kind of, we kind of jump into this episode after the events of last week where, uh, Kamala sees the vision towards the end as the Department of Damage Control comes to collect the clandestines 
and she sees the train, which looks like it's from 1942 in the partition. And then her her nanny calls her and says, hey, you got to come right now because I'm seeing the same things. Mm -hmm. So we lead off with with Kamala and Muniba on the plane. And uh, not to say that things are icy between them per se, but Muniba is a little perturbed. Tense. Yeah, they're a little tense at uh, with uh, Kamala's uh, situation at the wedding and having to fight off the clandestines, but yet obviously nobody really knows this besides her and uh, Nakia and Bruno. And I think one thing off the bat in in getting to this as they go to Karachi uh, and what you call it, and we see the the culture stuff. I was thinking about this and Jake, and I'll ask you this question. These Disney Plus shows have kind of had a habit at a certain point in the series, we kind of separate the main character from a lot of the supporting characters that we've seen initially for Mm -hmm. an episode about lore, an episode about kind of like explaining whether it's a a certain character trait or or something along the lines of the plot line. For me, with this show, while I can say I like the episode... I'm also like, damn, I miss Yusuf. I miss Nakia. I miss Bruno. I miss Amir. I miss them yeah. all in this episode. How did you feel about that? this little uh, change here? I think that you're absolutely right that this is a thing that the Disney Plus shows are doing. And I think it is just one of those. I come back to it a lot. And obviously there are exceptions. But I think this is the thing you're going to run into when you make the directive that these shows are going to be six episodes, or if the show was like eight episodes or nine episodes, it wouldn't be as much of a problem, but there's only so many minutes left we're going to have with these other side characters. And so I love that there's an episode where she gets to go, you know, to Pakistan and, you know, we see her in that environment because I think that's important for the show. It's important for what Mm -hmm. the show is trying to say about the culture. Um, And I, the, the thing that's a bit annoying is that it comes at the expense. It kind of, you're like, okay, so the, it gives you the feeling you're not going to get all the other plot lines wrapped up because there's only two episodes left. I think, like I said, it's just the nature of it being six episodes. I think it's the right place for the show to go. I just wish there were four episodes left instead of two um, so we could have, and not just because I like the show, but because it is, um, you get the feeling that we're going to have another situation where we're going into the finale and literally every single plot line needs to get resolved in the finale. And like that's just not how TV works. Like You can't. It's 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 not everything can happen in the finale, um, but obviously, of course, the Marvel shows I think keep making the mistake of thinking that that's how it works. But uh, I don't know. I I I'm of two minds about it because, like I said, I like that they went here, but I yeah. don't like that we had to leave everyone else behind. Yeah, I think it's a fair argument to talk about the episode lengths and wondering why six episodes has to be kind of like the mean of where we go with some of these things. Uh, Preeti, I'll ask you because. As Jake said, seeing the culture stuff feels like a necessary thing and feels like something that's important, but yet we still have the conundrum of missing out on just talks with Yusuf, uh, the interplay between uh, Kamala and Bruno, stuff like that. How did you feel this episode did to kind of be a change of pace to what we've gotten so far? I think Miss Marvel's in a little bit of a unique situation with regards to the Mar- the like Disney Plus TV shows because it's so clearly a setup for her to mm-hmm. be a part of the wider universe. Like these shows exist in the MCU, right? They're not for the most part 
for like for the most part, not like solitary things. It's not like something like Moon Knight where Oscar Isaac was like, I'm doing one series and you cannot have me for more, right? <laughs> Ms. Marvel is going to be involved in the Marvels. We're going to see her more and more. And I think the most important thing, and I think the show recognizes this as much as there as there are these other characters and there are these other plot points, is this is Kamala's origin story. And she's the one who matters and it's her identity that matters. And so for me, this is something that happens in the comics as well. And her going over to Pakistan and going to Karachi and kind of engaging with that part of her history and the way the show has like pulled her history in feels more important than the relationships that we're seeing as much as I also love them and would love to, I could, I could watch like Bruno (laughs) and Kamala hang out forever. They're so cute together. The cast has such great chemistry, but like as much as that is enjoyable, this is the part of the story we need. If they had stayed in Jersey and we hadn't seen this, they wouldn't be able to tell the story they need to tell because Mm -hmm. partition is so important because history is so important and culture is so important. Yes, uh, we'll definitely get to that part of it a little bit later. Hunter, how about you? I thought Preeti gave a great answer there. And to me, like, before you go, it's not necessarily as much of a criticism as I feel like for me, it's more of like a credit to the characters that they've cultivated in the show so far. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm... uh... I am incredibly happy with everything that was just said because I could not agree more. I was just, I was actually just discussing this exact thing in some stuff I was writing and with some other people. Uh, I feel, I feel the exact same way. I mean, I think that the difference between a show like Moon Knight, uh, and again, I'm so happy that you brought a Moon Knight because it's the exact same argument I would have made. Uh, a show like Moon Knight, going into it, there is such a mystery about what is happening with that character after his show. Um, like, like was said, Oscar Isaac only signed the contract for the one thing. And that was like a big deal. And we have a good idea that Moon Knight's probably going to show up again, but we don't know where he could just be, you know, a team up only character. It's there's that fear is there. And that fear gets injected into the reviews and gets injected into, you know, the worries that some of these storylines won't be wrapped up. But with Miss Marvel, like we know that this is supposed to lead directly into the Marvels and, we also have a pretty good idea that once the Marvels is done, that's going to lead Kamala directly into something else. And uh, so, yeah, I I fully agree with this idea that I do think that some of the plot lines from this show are just not going to get wrapped up here. Uh, It might Mm -hmm. happen elsewhere. It might happen way down the line. It might happen in the Marvels. I don't know. We might even get, it feels likely that this would get a a season two compared to some of the other shows that have been limited Mm -hmm. series. Um, Especially because I feel like you don't introduce a character this charming and this fun that everybody is loving, and then just like end it there. It so, also is it yeah, has the from a practical standpoint. It's just also you don't have the thing that you might have with like a Moon Knight, where you have to convince Oscar Isaac to right. spend time doing it. Like, not that you know, Amon Malani necessarily would. I mean, she definitely would want to do a season two, but like, yeah, it's just that you, it's not the same level of stardom, so it's easier to get her contracted a second season. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like, uh, you know, this this is going to start being a more and more controversial thing because I think it's going to start happening more and more. But you have that, like, you know, Multiverse of Madness came out and there's all this controversy of, well, there were things that happened in WandaVision that then they didn't explain in the movie mm-hmm. and they just expected you to kind of have the idea that you should mm-hmm. watch WandaVision beforehand and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And my like any of my opinions on that 
aside, I just think we're going to start seeing stuff like that a lot more often. Yeah. And I think the Marvels is going to be sort of the next example of that, where I think that this is going to lead into the Marvels in a way where Kamala might just show up in that movie and they might just continue certain plot lines from her show with like expecting that you watched Miss Marvel before mm-hmm. you go into the Marvels. And it is, it's the MCU has grown to a point where they are now the, the live action comic book universe that mm-hmm. Kevin Feige dreamed about in 2008, where, you know, back in those old comics, they would have those little stars after a character said a sentence. And then there'd be like a box that was like, yeah, check out, check out this thing. And that's where this happened. Right, but we're not going right. to explain it to you in the story. And like, that is, that's what's happening in the movies and the shows now. And no one has to like it, but like, that's what it's going to be from here on right. out. I agree with you. And it's one of my <laughs> favorite and least favorite things about the MCU, because I think like I'm upset. I think the MCU has like revolutionary mass storytelling for movies, right? Mm-hmm. Massive landscape, massive narrative where everything is tied together. I think they do it differently than how Lucasfilm does it, which is like Lucasfilm's like super by the book. And like there is their their story group that deals with all of it. But the thing about comics with comic events where you're reading and that little asterisk pops up when I'm reading a comic, I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to read what I'm reading. (laughs) Whatever happened, happened. I'm sure I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, how they're going to have to start approaching the MCU because literally no one has that amount of time. Like, right. You can't. No one does. And you just you just accept it because you're like, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. That's what this type of storytelling exactly. is. I also just think the fact yeah. I'm not going to watch this show or I can if I want to. And people, there are going to be people who don't like that. And that, that's fine. Yeah, sure. It's just, that's what it's going to be. I also do think it's, I think it is, I think it's a lot of people who have watched everything being concerned on behalf of people that they haven't spoken to. Because to be frank, my dad wanted to see Multiverse of Madness when I was visiting home. Uh, and my mom has only seen like Spider-Man No Way Home and that's about it. And she saw Multiverse of Madness and she said it was a lot of fun and she enjoyed it. And I asked her, did you understand what was happening with the Wanda character? And she said like, yeah, something about her kids being in another universe. (laughs) People are not that dumb. I think that that's like, I just, once again, I really only hear the, you need to watch everything in order to get it argument from people who have watched 90% of the things. Oh yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home made a billion dollars. I promise you not every single person who saw it watched all three Toby movies and all two Andrew movies. I promise that they didn't. Of course, of course not. And I feel like that's, at least that's what uh, I'm sort of saying in the sense that like, I think that those people, like you, like you bring up your mom. Like I think that also, if you handed your mom a comic book and then she opened yeah, it, and was reading exactly. it, and that asterisk, it'd be the same thing. Where she'd be like, "Okay, I see. I assume I can pick up what's going on, but I'm not exactly. going to go back and read the Amazing exactly. Spider-Man 278 so that I can understand the Amazing Spider-Man yeah. 763. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But I'm o- <laughs> more so than those people. I'm almost more concerned about like the critics and the people who are really yeah. loud on the internet being like, yeah. well, this is not how storytelling should be. And yes. then like it becoming a whole thing. Like, I will say we should table that discussion for the Marvels. Cause it's going to, we've had discussion a million times already, but let's talk about this episode of the show because we can, this could go on forever. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. And so the, the plot obviously with Muniba and Kamala landing, uh, we see Sanaa. Um, I love the exchange that, Sana has and it's the classic uh grandmother granddaughter grandmother mother exchange where everything with the granddaughter is incredibly loving incredibly happy to see them um then the exchange with muniba is is loving 
But then at the same time, oh, your skin looks dry. What's up <laughs> with your diet? Like, <laughs> Preeti, Pre- 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 how did you feel seeing that? Because I thought that like, was a that was a touching, was like, a cute scene. Too real. The stuff between like mothers and daughters on this show is too real. I love it, but it is where I'm just like, oh man, I've lived that. I've had that <laughs> conversation. I've had that. Like, that's the thing about this show is there is like such a level of authenticity to the familial relationships. Mm-hmm. Like in earlier episodes that where Kamala wanted the first episode where she like wants to go to AvengerCon and she pulls Amir in and he's like, if she if he wanted to go, I have an older brother. Like that is a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> no rules for the older brother, none. But for the daughter, like I was like 22 and my curfew was like 10 p.m. I was like, Are you, this is absurd. <laughs> So it's like this, the, mm-hmm. the the relationship between Muniba and Sana is also really lovely. I love Sana. I love, I loved everything about the grandmother where she's just like a little kooky and like clearly is like the, the one in the family that is like your, your head is too in the clouds has influenced Muniba so much and made Muniba who she is, right? Through right. that sort of like head in the clouds persona. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. It's so it- good. It, it informs so much of Muniba's character mm-hmm. in that people are either, they either take on the same traits as their parents or they go the exact opposite way. And so it made her aversion and sometimes like seemingly overreaction um, to Kamala's heads being in the clouds makes more sense when you realize that she resents that type of behavior because she feels like it robbed her of some aspects of her child, of the relationship with her mother. Um, and so I think that I that's would, really I would be careful about the word resent because I don't, I don't that's know true, that, fair. yeah, I don't know that I agree it's resentful. I think it's, I think she sees it almost as tragic. Right. Like it's, it's a little bit of a tragedy for her because I, I think it's important to remember there is this like really intensive through line of love between yeah. all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's coming from a place of, like, harm done. Yeah, like, she feels, like, hurt by it. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know that I... I think I'm projecting that. what white people do, which is resentment. <laughs> 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 Honestly, I don't resent my parents, but there's a lot of resentment in the family tree. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> if, if there is nothing that we get on this podcast, we always get classic jake jake's lives his truth uh, i i respect ah. that brother as always um i think the the conversations that that uh sana has with with a kamala in this episode this first one about the the gin oranges uh or origins and what that like what that means as kamala's like am i really a, are we really gin and sana's like does that really matter is that the is that the portion of the story that you should be focusing on i think that those conversations from somebody so much you know wiser and uh wiser and older and it's kind of been around the block a few times and kind of knows what's it knows what's going on i think informs to me like again the interpersonal relationships and conversations on these show the conversations feel meaningful there was this there was this bar that she had in that conversation because kamala's talking about like i have so many pieces on the ground that i'm trying to pick up then sana drops this line she goes if you've learned what i have lost what i have you'll learn to find beauty in the pieces i was like i like can't it's it's so informed by fractured identity like 
because that's what partition did to India, right? That's what part that's what the British did when they they created that partition was literally fractured the identity of these people who who existed in the South Asian subcontinent. And so not only are Pakistani people and Indian people dealing that. Then you have the second layer for Kamala of Indian or Pakistani American. Then you have the second layer of like, <laughs> you know, a superhero. Like the the way this show talks about fractured identity, like I I was just like, I can't handle this actually. <laughs> yeah, I think you know what's interesting about all that, because you add all of that and then you what you mentioned right there, the hero element and something that I didn't mention in kind of going through the plot so far is Kamala's trying to reach out to Nakia and not getting any responses regarding to what happened in the last episode. And I think one of the things, and I've talked about it the last couple of episodes, is the play on the the tension that uh, Nakia and Kamala have about what's the what's the good way, the uh, the good Muslim, bad Muslim type of through line that kind of that that's kind of taking place in this show uh, as far as the department of damage control is concerned and everything that happened in the mosque i love the way that they've played on that and it's a tough situation for kamala because listen she's trying to do the right thing at the end of the day and she's trying to be her the best version of herself and being so young that part of it is difficult Actually, yeah, Preeti, I wanted to ask you about that because because it, it, it presents itself and we get that continued kind of like tension from Kamala's end and feeling a little bit disappointed that she doesn't get any response back. How did you how do you feel about how that story has developed throughout the season? I think we're clearly marching towards a point where we're going to get that very famous aphorism from Kamala. Good is not a thing you are. It's a thing you do. And I think they're letting the characters have that conversation so that we can get to that point by the end of the series. That's my guess. And so I think it's really, it's a, I think it's handled well because you are going to have that sort of like, I think Nakia's hurt for not being in on the secret. Like, I don't think it's actually going to end up being about necessarily, like necessarily what she thinks is right versus what Kamala thinks is right. I think it's going to be a friendship issue. I think we saw how very close they are and how many times Nikia was like, you can talk to me, you can tell me mm-hmm. things. And Kamala made the choice not to in those moments for her, like because she was trying to keep her safe. But that's another added element of like, these are teenage girls and those relationships mm-hmm. are very intense. Like those friendships are very intense, mm-hmm. especially at that age where it feels like all or nothing. And if you don't put all in, like, are you're hurting me by not giving me everything. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but I think they're handling it well so far. Yeah, I would, I would most certainly agree with that. So this kind of fast forwards to the, the following day. And uh, wait, wait, can I mention very quickly? Cassetta oh. shows a picture of herself with her father on the train tracks. Yes. Go ahead. And that's going to be played by actor Fawad Khan who I love so much <laughs> and who is a very famous Pakistani actor. He, and he's been in Pakistani serials and movies and Bollywood movies. And he's so good. And everyone's going to get a lot of weird feelings next week about Kamala's great grandfather. Well, so I just want to prepare everyone. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, if you listen to the show, you know that that's <laughs> our specialty. <laughs> conversations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Prepare yourself. Li- that's uh, right. Yeah. Was- I'm always, I've, I stay ready in that regard. (laughs) 
<laughs> Honestly, I've been waiting for this guy to show up because I go on Twitter and I see a bunch of people like thirsting over him, and I, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know who he is, so I can't wait. <laughs> he's he's excellent. He's an excellent actor, and I'm super psyched for him to be on the show. Uh, but sorry, I had to point it out because no, I love him so much. If you think that that's a digression on the show, that is just <laughs> that's actually relevant. <laughs> No, yeah, for for sure. And so, yeah, we get to the we get to the next day, and she and Kamala goes out with her cousins. Uh, to this to is a nightmare around. scenario for me, by the way. I am so constantly afraid at every moment that I'm going to show up somewhere and be underdressed and embarrass myself. Oh it my is God. truly, it is especially because the thing is, I am from Florida. Uh, Preethi, and this is not news to anyone else who's listening to the show. And where I'm from, Florida, I joke, and this is true, that there is not a restaurant that you can't get into if you wear like a polo shirt and shorts. Like I'm from, I'm from South Florida. Oh, okay, whereabouts in Florida? <laughs> oh, West Palm. Okay, so I'm from the West Coast, um, and so even less fancy. And so <laughs> when I'm in New York, I've always, I always think like, oh wait, there are like public places that you need to be dressed up for, and so. The resentment about having to be on the patio menu or whatever, like, man, that like that's something that I know it's I know that there are probably specific feelings you feel and other viewers feel for the culture, but like that is something that crosses cultural lines is yes. embarrassing your family by wearing jeans. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> growing up, I was like, it was like a forty minute drive to the nearest nice restaurant, so I kind of got like it was like I didn't have any nice clothes; it was just a closet full of polos, like you said. Mm-hmm. That and then I mean most family events people were just wearing camouflage. So it was like oh. I <laughs> I didn't even I still don't even own a tuxedo. Like it just it's I mean not, who owns a tuxedo? Not, AC, do you own a tuxedo? I, a lot of people, I, feel I like. do I do not actually. Yeah. Yeah, I, most, I feel like a lot of people don't I don't own a tuxedo. I don't you need like a nice suit. Yeah, I have an I have a nice suit. I have some, you know, I have different pairs of dress pants and I wear I've worn them I think maybe twice in the past four years. <laughs> <laughs> trying to avoid them at all costs but you know when you get to when you get to my uh wash stage um you, mm-hmm. you, you tend to have to wear them a little bit more of but course. uh but yes as as this uh plot continues and yes we have that scene where kamala's uh, uncomfortable as you guys mentioned and then they're they're walking around uh on the street trying to kamala's uh giving up a lot of coin to get some of these uh Can these we uh, trinkets briefly, like mention the food though because like so hungry after yes. watching this episode. I would love nothing more. Because yeah. so what, actually dive what, in. <laughs> what Kamala eats at the the like club that they go to that they can't get in on is uh pani puri and it's one of my favorite foods. It can be really and especially when you're over there and the spice level is a little different. It can get very spicy. But if you can find it, highly recommend picking it up. Can, do you like, mind what well, give us a rundown of what it is? Yeah, so, give us the important stuff. So pani puri is like um, it's a hollowed out like what's the English word? It's like a fried, hollowed out like crunchy sort of made of dough, oh, um, and then you poke a hole in the middle and mm-hmm. you fill it. I this is what I put in mine, which is like boiled potato, onion, mm-hmm. um, lentils. And mm-hmm. then you have like a sweet, uh, Im- I don't know the English words for anything, but like a sweet sauce and like a spicy sauce. That's all and I need to you, know. That's, it's so good. And then you dip it, it in this like salty, spicy water. <laughs> so like uh-huh. the water fills it up and then you have to uh-huh. eat the whole thing in one bite. And it's 
So good. I love food that takes multiple steps to eat. And that oh sounds ironic, but I mean it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's worth it. You, you build your little thing and it's you dip it in. It's so good. So it's not I mean, exactly it's not exactly the same thing, but when you say puri, since uh my wife is Guyanese, so oh. like so yeah, what yeah. you call it? Yeah, so uh, a lot of spice is is had in the household, and I, every time roti, a roti curry, puri, like all that it's stuff. It's in the same so. family. Same that the the pani right. puri, the puri is in the. It's like a harder, thinner version of the puri that you're probably thinking of, which gotcha. is like a much softer, larger fried dough. <laughs> Damn! Now I'm hungry too. but but yes uh man we we, we're probably yeah we definitely have more food to talk about later because there's another food Mm -hmm. scene but um but yeah so kamala wants to find the the train station because obviously that's what she saw at the end of last episode and she separates from her cousins which i have i do have to say if I had one of my cousins in town, um, yeah. I wouldn't just be like, okay, no. see you later. No. <laughs> no. Especially yeah. in like a place they've never been before. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, it's a little it, it, questionable. It's, yeah. It, it's like... And, and I don't know... I, isn't Karachi like the fifth biggest city in the world or something like that? Isn't like it's it, I, can you imagine my I like watching it as an adult, I was like, do not leave your 16-year-old cousin. I, the thing is, and of course she's from the rough and tumble streets of Jersey City. And as a two as a person who lived in Jersey City for two okay. years, <laughs> lived in Jersey City for two years, it's it's not like I I think that she probably would fare better than like any other than AC because the three of us didn't grow up in cities that like I would just be completely messed up. But still, if you're the cousin, <laughs> if for no other reason than like if I had my younger cousin in a city that they'd never been before and I left them alone and something happened, I truly would never hear it. My grandma, I would yeah. lo- so much be excommunicated from the whole family. And their whole vibe, they were just like, all right, peace, don't die. And then they just dipped. Yeah, they're just kind of being (laughs) shitty to her, which I was like, what are you guys doing? I mean, mean, people do have shitty cousins. Like, we don't, I mean, I don't know, they could be shitty. Um, But the thing I do love about this, um, these scenes, because, well, I feel like my general note about this episode was I think that the pacing was a little bit off, just Mm -hmm. in terms of, and I, it is what it is. I think they did that because they wanted to do, they wanted to show off karachi and her experiences and unfortunately that's not something that is something that is not very pace intense but the thing about it is and this is such an obvious point and it's kind of an i really think of it's like it shouldn't be revolutionary but seeing a piece of mass entertainment where there's no filter when you're in the middle east is so huge because it's like i'm stating the obvious because we're all you know we all know all these things but it's like it just feels so much more real like it doesn't like yeah. obviously I've never been to Karachi and it doesn't feel like a place I've been to before, but it feels like a place I could go. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like it's, and I think that what you talked about earlier, Preeti, about it not being like, not over explaining the culture. Like it feels like she is interacting with another part of her world mm-hmm. and um, it's just bright. And there's so it's not why it's in, I don't know. It really just made me like appreciate the, the fact that they, took this episode to go to Karachi that they took this diversion because um I don't know I I, I think that they almost intentionally shot it to, it feels like they were intentionally trying to just like really I think by leaving her alone in it 
it kind of almost placed it like another movie would with a kid being dropped in New York and trying to find their way around. Mm-hmm. Which, like, this is just a city that someone's trying to find their way around, and it's not... The thing that's <laughs> unusual is that she's never been before. It's not that it's Pakistan, you know? No, that's a that's a really good point, because you're right. I just was, like, as a grown-up watching, being like, oh, no, do sure. <laughs> not go off by yourself I- in this city. <laughs> I do love that guy who was like, take a left and then another left. Oh my left, God, that and uncle. Then another left and then a right. <laughs> like, we've what all are met you that doing? guy and he's always the best. That is, she got yeah. there, did she not? <laughs> she she did get there. I, I, I do want to point out the subtitles for whatever reason consistently said Hindi. They're not speaking Hindi, they're speaking Urdu. It was an, mm. I, I know I subtitles don't... usually go through like a different organization like I, I don't think this was like a marvel thing but uh, yes i could say because i was once an intern at a place and i did closed captions which is something i definitely should not have been doing for no money but that's besides <laughs> the point. Uh, but yeah it's not they're not speaking hindi they're no. speaking urdu for the most part in this yeah whenever it whenever it said hindi i was like that's not, that's not okay mm, yeah that's that's gotcha. really horrible i didn't i didn't watch the subtitles on yeah, that's, but that's a uh, miss that's like such an obvious given the subject matter of the show the difference yeah. between hindi and urdu is kind of like the whole like that's like the whole thing um, yeah exactly it was an interesting about. it was an interesting decision i yes. i feel like i know subtitles often happen very very late it was the same thing when every time muniba said mummy which is a very mm-hmm. like south asian way to call your mom the tr- the subtitles said mommy and i was like that's not what she's saying yeah <laughs> jeez know, my gosh um, there needs no. to be so many because i feel like subtitles mess up stuff like that all the time and yes. tons yeah. of different things and it's really like i understand that like it's not they i think someone needs to do something to make sure because it's just like it's it just shows a little level of carelessness that the yes. people who are making the show itself mm-hmm. are doing the exact opposite of yes exactly no no, absolutely. And so Kamala gets to the train station and and uh you know she's looking around, she puts on the mask that Bruno uh mm-hmm. made for her, and then not too not too mm-hmm. long after that, as she's uh, it's a nice mask. And she stares and she sees the the Ant Man uh the Ant Man painting. Which Easter uh, egg, Adrian Alfona's name is on there, who is the original artist from his model. I'm so glad you said that because the scene happened really quick and there were names on it, and I was like, I bet that's an Easter egg, and I just never, <laughs> yep. never got around to it. So thank you for solving that mystery. Good <laughs> pull, uh, good, you know, Pre- Preeti is bringing it today. Shout out to you. Um, so <laughs> how many more like just random facts that live in my brain do you want? All of them. Give them. Give them. <laughs> I, I, we're here yeah. for them. <laughs> we're we're here for all of them as we go. So yeah, she's looking. She's looking at that that piece. Uh, a dagger is thrown her way, and we see the red dagger, comic book <laughs> character come to life. Preeti, tell us a little bit about who the red dagger is. Well, so in the comics, it's the same thing. She meets him in Pakistan. He's like a boarder. It's been a long time since I've read that issue. But I think he's like a boarder at her grandmother's house or something. And she meets him as like his civilian identity first, uh, Karim. And in this one, he it's a little bit different. He's part of like an order. Uh, shout out. Like Aramis Knight tries so hard with that accent, by the way. I was like, you're trying, kid. You're doing it almost. But... He really looks like him, though. Like, when he shows up with the bandana and the, like, all of it, I was like, man, you look like you stepped out of that issue. It was wild. Well, I'm I'm also curious. Like, the Red Dagger, there's a little bit of a love interest thing there, too, right? 
In the comics, yes. She's got, oh. I saw something that was like Kamala's collecting boys like infinity stones. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have a love triangle. She's got like a love square going on. A quadrangle on. is cute. <laughs> <laughs> like, get Someone's it, girl. Give. <laughs> so they so they proceed, they proceed to battle. And I think the thing that I found most uh, fun and interesting here is that Kamala's got a little decent uh, control of her powers right? at this point. She's she's really doing her thing in this. Um, I, I, that that was a fun that was a fun action scene. Uh, Hunter, what what did you think of this scene that that happened here? <laughs> I I was actually going to bring this up specifically when we got to it that that I thought it was super super fun. Uh, specifically the the power thing that that you said, where I think it's cool. Like the the more we see her start to master these abilities, how creative she can get with them. Uh, which really leads to some like pretty interesting action choreography and some pretty creative, like the the chase scene when she's able to sort of like make that ramp over the mm-hmm. uh, baby. I like I thought that was so cool and fun. And I mean, I know there's been a lot of controversy around her powers changing, but I think with what they are in the show, they've been doing a lot of, of really neat stuff with it. Uh, that you know sometimes makes me forget that they're not forget that they're different in the comics, but you know, just just really enjoy them for for what they are. Um, I speaking of Red Dagger specifically, he does pull one move that I thought was super baller, which is when she like does the embiggened fist at him, and then he runs down the arm. I was like, all right, that's a power move, and I respect mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> and the thing about her powers is they're really cinematic, which is not a mm-hmm. thing that's a given when translating comic book powers to the screen. Um, and you can tell that they, when they made the decision to change the powers, they had some, they had a lot of conversations of, okay, what cool things can she do with this power set? And they're like really exploring it. Like, it's not like, they're not just like reskinning what her powers are in the comics. They're using the difference of them to do things like, like cool, like I said, very cinematic things. And they have a very clear idea of what the type, the things that, um that um kamala would think of creatively that like you get to see like it's clearly her imagination is coming uh, having her come up with all these things and so i really thought that this fight scene was really cool especially because it was one of those fight scenes you can kind of tell that like no one was gonna die and so it was kind (laughs) of almost like a dance in a way where it was like very you know yeah but it was a lot of fun no the um (laughs) when kamala throws the knife it just killed me it was so good. It was, <laughs> it was such a great way to remind us of like, yes, she is kick-ass. Yes, she has all these things. She is not, though, like that kind of superhero. Right. There's only one character here with Dagger in their superhero name. <laughs> <laughs> for, for sure. So the so after the two of them kind of settle their differences there, they proceed to have a conversation of where uh, each other comes from and and uh, Kareem explains uh, his whole situation, what he's a part of. And then I think they, I believe they go to a restaurant, which mm-hmm. leads to, which leads to a nice little back, uh, back door out, what alley, whatever, whatever you want to call it, like a, a back room where they eventually meet a Walid. Uh-huh. Uh, Played by and- Farhan Akhtar. Gotta say another very wonderful Bollywood actor. And who I was very excited to see show up. Awesome, and I I liked his performance here in this episode. Um, I think the 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 exposition here that he gives regarding Kamala's origins and 
talking about the Nord dimension and kind of getting an explanation mm-hmm. of what the clandestine people are really actually up to. It, it was interesting in two aspects, and, and, I, and I'll get you guys' thoughts on this. We now have another situation where it turns into, well, the, the world is in trouble if this thing happens, yeah. which seems like a, a common MCU thing that they can't get away from. Almost but, like they're um, based on comic books. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that is the thing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fair point. So, like, I, so I'll, I'll start with you, Hunter. What did you think of this explanation as we see the uh, projections on the wall as far as the Nord dimension is concerned and the separation because that's where Aisha comes from and uh, Kamala's power can can draw from that dimension. What did you think of that explanation? Um, I think it's sort of interesting, like the, the complexity of it, uh, if that makes sense, where I mm-hmm. feel like there was a couple ways they could have gone with trying to explain the new power set and, you know, the new origin and the clandestine and all these brand new characters. And they went, instead of just being like, well, she's a djinn and then that's it. And they're just like, yep, that's the thing. They're like gods, whatever, and going on. They're like, well, there's like this other realm we're connecting it to. And they have, you know, all these different things and yada, yada, yada. Um, It makes me wonder, it feels like every episode we're finding out it's, it's more and more complex. And, I'm curious to find out like how much more there is to it (laughs) that we don't know yet. I mean, it, it feels like it might be leading to some like big, I mean, there's a ton of theories out there. There's so many Ant-Man references (laughs) in the show. And, you know, like I keep thinking like, is this somehow connected to the quantum realm? Because they keep talking about how there's like these other dimensions and other realms. And there are now we know there are afterlives on top of other planets, on top of other yeah. universes, which, again, that's comic books, baby. So, like, this is just what it is, and I'm fine with that. But I just wonder, like, where it connects and where it doesn't connect and where it's just different words for things that we've already seen before, which happens all the time in real life. Uh, that's just, like, the essence of different cultures. Uh, and, you know, how much of it is brand new material. And just I, I feel like the more they tell me, the more questions open up in my brain. I think yeah. you're right, but I do think, based on the reading I did, and um, AC mentioned last week in a great article that uh, one of our patrons, Suara, uh, wrote, um, we, I think we linked to it somewhere, um, about this issue, that they had to make it clear that they're not Jim because yeah. that is yeah. just like kind of a... I, to be frank, I think that there's the key difference between like Thor being Norse gods is that like people don't still worship Norse gods and they're not like actively still important in people's lives and I think it'd be like really shitty if they'd just be like no Jin, this thing that is actually still important to people is actually their appeal from a different dimension like that is something I don't think they should do and I'm glad that they made the point of like no they're not Jin. that's just that's just what they call themselves because they happen to go to a place where that's what the you know godly the mysterious beings are called if they were in uh, Norway right. they'd be Thor exactly I think that that was a very important thing for them to do um I, what I hope happens is I hope it's one of those situations where, because this is the thing you have to see a lot in fantasy sci-fi storytelling, where something starts off seeming very simple, then it gets really, really complex, and then at the end it turns out they were lying and it was another simple thing the whole time. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I think that it, we might end up there, where it's like, it actually is that they're, or they are just like maybe like a malevolent force from another dimension. I don't know the comic history, so I can't speculate, but I suspect that it's going to kind of have a neat, I could be wrong. I imagine we'll have a neater way of explaining it when we finally get the conclusion. We really still don't know their whole deal. Um, 
you know, but right. I, I, and yeah. I, I mean, two, two other side points I just wanted to bring up really quick yeah, while, sure. I'm, while I'm on the mic here. Uh, one, the red daggers, like, base of operations that they've got going on there that is some crazy technology they have so and cool was, right mm-hmm. it was really cool and i was like did they install this who built this <laughs> like how did this get here so that's a fun thing that i don't know if they'll ever bring up again but i kind of hope someone like talks about it uh and the other thing being i know that earlier in the show there was mention of like Kamran, you know maybe having powers similar to kamala and he just hasn't found the thing that unlocks them yet and, and, you know, that that whole thing. But, I mean, so far, for be, supposedly being these, like, other dimensional godlike beings of power and stuff, I haven't, we haven't really seen them do a lot of, like, super powery, like, godlike stuff. Well, they, they did say earlier on, Najma, I think, says that she thinks it's because they're disconnected from their plane yeah. that they can't oh, do the okay. things. Oh, okay, cool. Great. Yeah, that I was under the impression that they are not that super powered on right. Earth. Um, but yeah, I think I think the the their level of super poweredness being unclear mm-hmm. is why I think that like I think right. that I know AC and I are in agreement that like they their whole deal is kind of the weakest part of the show. Um, yeah. And I, I would love to talk a little bit about the prison scene because that happens oh, we before we. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is the. It's literally the. Ne- it's literally oh. the next scene after but I, this. So. I, we want well, to yeah, talk about ahead. the bangle, though, right? Because oh, yeah, right. Sorry. Skip that. I'm sorry. I got excited talking about how bad know, this kid was. Listen, I, I want to. I'll spend another hour on Farhan Akhtar. Like, I'll just do it. <laughs> cool. Uh, so he like mentions the bangle and he notices the inscription on it, which has been mentioned several times. Um. And this is where, like, the con- this is, like, too much comic book stuff for me to wrap my head around of all the different pieces they're picking up because mm-hmm. there's, like, the Kree are going to be involved somehow, obviously, yeah. and, like, all these references that people bring up about, like, Marvel and Captain Marvel from the comics and the, like, the bangles. Not, they're not, they don't call them bangles. I don't remember what they call them in the comics. Um, and the one that's missing all coming to a head, like the Red Daggers have clearly been following the story through generations, the same way the clandestines, whatever, have been living through it, right? So like, that's going to come to a head. This is just this whole like three minute scene is going to set up so much stuff, I feel like, for not just the show, but for like the Marvels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and and that's why um, I wanted to get, before we get to this uh, this scene with the clandestine people, I did want to get your thoughts about uh, the the scene, Preeti, in terms of like just the the storytelling there. What did that What did that look like to you? What did it, How did you feel about it? Was it up to snuff for for uh, you know understanding and getting the lore of this a little bit more? I think it was part of the Marvel thing where they're like, here's a lot of information that could mean a lot of different things to Hunter's point. Like it's mm-hmm. so much and the potential is so large that it's something that can't literally, I don't think can be answered in this series. Yeah. Um, but I think it did the thing that the MCU does well, which was open up a lot of questions that they'll answer now over the, over phase four, <laughs> over the next like 10 movies or whatever. Yeah, We're going to get teeny tiny pieces. In a decade. <laughs> right. In like 10 years, yeah. we're going to find out what the answer to this is. I do really like, though, I yeah. really, really loved the visuals of how they showed us the dimensions in that like glass 
case thing. To me, it felt as sort of like impactful as the first time we saw Tony do his like thing with the holograms. Like it's a brand new sort of like visualization they're using. And I think it's really, really neat. And I think what they're doing in this show is setting up a lot of visualization themes that we're going to see over the course of the next several films. Like the colors that influence Kamala's powers yeah. We already saw them with like Monica in WandaVision. Will we see them with Carol? Like I think we're going to be seeing all these pieces and the show is doing a lot of that work, which is really interesting. Yeah, that part yeah, that part intrigues me. I, I'm very curious to see how that does going forward, but yes, once this seed concludes, we go to the <laughs> Department of Damage Control where the clandestine folks for some reason, for some reason, I'm going to just start here. So the first there, obviously this is not a visual medium here, but they got the chains on like this mm-hmm. and they're walking, which um, for one, like, okay. And then Jake mentioned this in the discord yesterday. He was like, why are they together? Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is several days later. They 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 would have split them up for one, not that they should do this, but obviously prisons are separated by gender in the real world. So like I the theft for one, like this logistically. Look, 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 be. look. The DODC is going through budget cuts. I was thinking I was thinking that too. I was thinking that too, Preeti. But my thought is that like if the MC world is anything like the real world, they would never cut the Department of Damage Control. They would just increase its budget every year. Like they <laughs> never would cut it. Wait, did anybody here watch um, watch Picard, the new season, the last season of Picard? I did not. No, I have not. Uh, okay, so no spoilers. But there is this thing that happens where they they end up in you know sort of more contemporary times uh, in this like alterna world Earth thing, and Picard gets caught by somebody with the government who had like experienced aliens before. And there's this moment where he's like dragged into this room and he starts noticing like, you don't, this is off the books, isn't it? Like this is, you don't actually have the support of your team that you're doing Mm -hmm. this. And it felt a little bit like that to me. Like they didn't, they were, they were acting sort of like either in counter to what they had been told to do or like, because I agree with you. I was like, why would they keep these super powered individuals together? Like, why would they do all these? Why is there one guy who's like guarding all of these people so like i don't know that that is asking the viewer to do a lot of work but i uh i would also like to bring up that this appears to be like the same prison that is going to be in she hulk which Mm. means that this is also likely where they're holding the abomination (laughs) and i was like this security what are we doing here not great Yeah, that was yeah. That scene was a lot. That was, that that scene was a lot. I gotta be honest. I busted out laughing just because it's like, of course they escaped. Like, yeah. of course they did. Um, comics. But yes. <laughs> good point. Comics. That's what that's what I'm going to use from now on. But yeah. So as they're escaping, um, they're getting ready to go, and then Najima is like to to uh to Kamran. You ain't coming. Ooh. You ain't coming like, on oh, this. you're like you evil, us. evil. <laughs> yeah, you was roll. You was rolling with. You was rolling with the other way with Kamala. Like well, this ain't happening. So, Kamran <laughs> uh, was very hurt. I, 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 the the heartbreak on his face was just was very, very apparent there. Um, 
Hunter, let, let me ask you about like, regardless of how we felt about the scene and the execution, I will say, uh, Mr. Kamran uh, seems uh, a little bit more conflicted about where he stands uh, going forward in this series. Yeah, uh, I feel like him getting left behind, it was so brutal and so fast. Like he was he was just on the way out and they're like, nope, you have to stay here. He's like, all right. Uh, but yeah, Kamran interests me a lot. I, I've spent a lot of time talking to people about his character specifically. I mean, I know in the comics, I'm at least I'm pretty sure he's like a little bit more, a little less on the fence and a little more just like not a, a good guy. So I think it was an interesting choice to kind of like keep him around, at least for now, anything can happen in these last two episodes, but um, for at least now to have him be a little bit more like on the fence, a little bit more actually on Kamala's side. Um, I'm also, I'm convinced that we are going to see his powers by the end of the show, especially Mm -hmm. where like his comic book ability visually looks so much like what they're doing with Kamala's powers in this. I feel like, I feel like that's going to come into play at, at some point. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to make of him. Cause every time I feel like I've got an idea of where they're going with him, they like, they zig when I zag and I just, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. So I, I don't know. I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this actually. I, I mean, I think the thing that I keep bumping up against with his conflictedness is I just want an explanation as to how, They've been around for as long as they've been around, and they haven't had the conversation before about what they're going to do if they find someone with the bangle. Like, the fact that he's surprised that they're willing to... Like, I, it, it's just confusing to me as to why he's so surprised that they're willing to, you know, risk the world or, you know, risk um, Kamala's safety in order to use the bangle. I just don't know how that didn't come up at some point when they were discussing what they're going to do. And I'm not saying that that's not something that they could explain away, but it's just kind of like, what did you think you were doing? What did you, what did you think your guys goal was? So it is kind of like, why yeah. is he all of a sudden now conflicted? Um, but I, I think they, they can answer those questions. I feel like they can. And I also think we got a little bit of the answer. I think we saw it when Najwa told Kamala the story, mm-hmm. the complete longing. And I don't think they ever thought they were going to find the bangle. I think right. this happened really fast. And all of a sudden, what they've wanted for years and years and years is within their grasp. Mm-hmm. And something that Kamran had never experienced was that longing, right? He has heard everything secondhand. Right, He's probably right, right. heard everything through stories or through like this disconnected piece where you come back again to that fractured identity. The show is so good. But <laughs> you have this, like his mom with, with Najma now is, it's within sight. And she's not willing to like let anything get in that way. And I sometimes you don't always know who your parents are, right? You don't always know that they're yeah. capable of such a thing. Mm-hmm. So like I can I can see how that could be the case. That's fair. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but I, I do hope that we get I'm excited and interested to see where he goes now because obviously mm-hmm. he's on his own. He'll he's gonna come back in some major way. I'm just curious to see what side it's on. Right. And we continue on with a another wonderful conversation between Sanaa and uh, Kamala. And Sanaa really kind of lets her heart open here, talking about like her own struggles and even at this age, not really knowing who she is. It kind of reminds me of conversations I've had with my own mom about these things because uh, my, my mom's an immigrant from the Dominican Republic. So it's you know those conversations like it it, it kind of comes back a little bit so 
uh, again, that these conversations, I talked about it last episode with Yusuf and, and Muniba as well with Kamala. The family stuff is just so strong. It just makes me want to stay in it, uh, <laughs> you know, for because it's just so well done. Um, yeah, it's just a very, very heartfelt stuff. And so then... Uh, Kamala goes to hang out well, with. I, I oh, do want to like point out that in this conversation, I think something the yes. show is doing that is truly revolutionary is how mm-hmm. it talks about the historical significance of partition and of sort of what mm-hmm. the result was on an entire people's right. Like I've never seen Western media discuss the partition ever, like in my entire life, and it is a hugely important facet that has so many has so much impact today. Like that's too, that's my grandfather's time is when that happened. Like it has severely impacted such a huge number of people on this, on this planet and is never, is not something that is taught. It's not something that's seen unless you go into specialty sort of classes. Like my focus is Asian studies, right? That's the only time you yeah. might learn about it. And so hearing this grandmother say like, what this has done to her own sense of identity because she, you know, started in India and now she's Pakistani. But like, what does that mean when it's the British who came in and made that distinction? And like, it's something that I think is truly unique. And I really appreciate the creatives like Bisha and Sana and the writers team coming in and allowing that to exist in a Marvel television show that is like made for the masses. Yeah, It's incredible. It's like truly, truly incredible. And I think it's important, too, because I think that in mass media, we've had so many tragedies to Western cultures centered, Mm -hmm. like how many different characters in Western media have sat down with their grandparent and talked about the Holocaust. Not that that's not something that's like, but it is like a thing where that is a real part of so many people's lives, even if they didn't experience it. Yeah. And I think that it is so important to understanding a person and a culture is to understand the major tragic events that shape them. Um, and like it, it, the fact that it is as impactful as basically any other event that happened in the 20th century. Um, and so to have it, uh, you know, centered is really nice. You know, what was interesting. I, I think the interesting thing about it overall, and we talked about it in episode two, when we had the back and forth between agent Deaver uh, about the whole mosque thing and how they were kind of edging towards seeing the Islamophobia, the racism and what all of that means. So continuing on here, we're delving in more to that. And to your point, Preeti, this is kind of something that where I feel like they definitely missed the ball and dropped the ball in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It does feel like they are picking, picking it up here and legitimately diving into it probably as much as you can for a six episode uh disney plus series because i mean just to briefly skip ahead in the next episode it looks like we're just gonna go right to that time so like the fact that they're going here intrigues me and um is definitely going to be interesting to watch going forward so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it yeah like i said um uh I make no bones about it when it comes to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but my goodness You, you don't think that that show uh, handled race delicately in an intelligent <laughs> way? Oh, that's sure strange. Really, uh, 
never, I never considered that before. <laughs> Go listen to all those episodes if you want to get our feelings <sighs> about that show. My it's real God. classic stuff. Howard Bryan, <laughs> I, I, Howard Bryan, the episode six episode is one of my is one of the MVP performances of the show's history. But anyway, yes, uh, <laughs> yes, a- amen to that. But but yes, to continue on with the plot of this show. Um, Kareem takes Kamala to hang out with uh, some of his friends, and we have another food scene. Preeti, uh, take it away. That. I want to eat that biryani so bad. <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs> I was like, I would 100% eat that on a beach out of a bag, like for sure. <laughs> so what, 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 are the, what are the exact contents of it? Biryani, biryani is like a mixed rice dish with meat and gutty and oh, like yes. uh, onions and spices and you like it's super involved to make, but it's so so tasty. It you just experience it. <laughs> I I actually have had that before. I had a a friend like not hold back on the spices and then <laughs> trick me into eating it because they thought it would be funny and it was a hundred they were 110 percent correct it was hilarious i was sweating my skin changed color i needed like a glass of milk like it wasn't i was, I was fully crying like i it was, it was not so when i was watching the show she was like is it spicy i was like don't do it no. <laughs> was like, it's not worth it it's worth it <laughs> No, it was it was delicious. I just they didn't tell me how spicy it was going to be, and, and then they laughed at me for a long time. So that's what you gotta do. I mean, it's 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 getting laughed at for not being able to handle spicy food is the least we could do, Hunter. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm not mad about it at all. It's it is hilarious. Just in the moment, I was crying too much to laugh. For sure. <laughs> and uh, and it's just a yeah, it's just another example. Like when you talk about culture in this scene is. Um, as somebody who um, who's grown up uh, American as Kamala has to kind of be involved in this culturally um, was pretty cool to, to, to continue to see her get more ingratiated with that as um, as tends to happen in situations as such. So I thought that was a was a very nice scene. And we, we cut to Muniba and Sana. And I do have to say, as. Muniba is is cleaning, and Sanaa has a little bit of a, a little bit of a some achy joints. Um, mm-hmm. The hashtag is washed agenda. Oh my god, you, she's like eighty, Ace. You can't be relating to <laughs> hey, her. Hey, hold on. I uh, listen as somebody who is a who is a mailman who delivers mail in all types of weather. Uh, I understand. Heat. I am now I am now in my mid thirties, and I I will say that I feel the aches and the pains in my leg. You I'm can't. She's she's like. Wait 80. a minute. You can't be relating to her. Okay, but here's Again, the thing. Once, this is this is such like yes. a mom move. It's not just a grandma move. Like when I was a kid, when my mom no. was probably my age, she would be like, "Oh, pay the bow," and you like get up and you like press the feet. It's like no, such a pretty, thing. This is this is a long-standing thing. He keeps trying to relate to characters that are way older than him because he says he's washed. Go to town. I understand, but it's just like it's. I just yes. I love. I love Preeti. Thank the Lord that you're here today because the hashtag is washed agenda, and I'm glad because I was a little worried we didn't have no Yusuf this week because I've yeah, been Yusuf is his guy now. Yusuf is like my guy, so I was like concerned we didn't see Yusuf in this episode, but then I mean, to not hear through. Rocks. <laughs> oh no, he's great. He's, no, that's the point. Like I, I identify with him. 
That's the point. Like, you're gonna show up to your son's high school graduation with a full walker with tennis balls on the bottom of it. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to the cane. The cane's gonna be out. We're gonna probably have the cane at that point. You gotta get one of those those chairs that you can carry with you. Those like little stools. They're like five dollars. Stacy, you're the only person who buys icy hot in bulk. (laughs) Yes, I do. I use it. I need it. My body hurts. I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation for ten days, um, starting literally now. So like, I am going to I'm going to take my time and rest and get away and, and be nice and calm and let those those. Hey, see, I'm going to buy you. I'm going to I'll buy you a uh, one of those like microwave heating pads for your birthday. You need, you know that'll be my little. Uh, I literally have like a heating pad in you know, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if I can get one that has the words "washed agenda" on it. I feel like that'd be a great gift. Yeah, anyway. you know those bags that are like full of it's like full of rice, and you can heat it up and like put it on your oh, bag. Oh yeah, yeah, I love those. I got like three of them. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. Everybody's hurting. I mean, I'm much younger than you, and I'm still. I I'm already feeling like creaky knees and stuff so i feel like i'm gonna be in the same spot <laughs> one of these days i feel like this is a big victory for me on the show when jerome is here jerome of course is older than you are but he's like still very active he plays basketball like three times a week and like goes to goes to boat parties and like a, see, the thing is too is Day that party it's not, Rome dog. the thing is it's not just the aches and pains bit That'd be one thing, but it's also that you want you want to be culturally washed. You want to like complain about <laughs> staying up late. You want to complain about, and it's like I don't know because I'm not active at all. I you you know I I I can't I don't, I don't want to say out loud how few steps I take on most days because my mom might hear it and yell at me. Um, but like, <laughs> but Jake, you're a young whippersnapper. You can do that at that age, man. I understand that. But I guess my, my larger point is I will. I don't take any pride in any of it. But anyway, we got to keep going because this is I, we gotta get to the uh, end of the episode. I had one more riff, but that's okay. <laughs> but yes, Muniba and Muniba and Sana have a have a kind of a revealing conversation because we kind of get to the heart of the stuff that Muniba has been mm-hmm. kind of hinting at over the last couple of episodes. And uh, Preeti, I'll let you kind of like give us your perspective on that, seeing Muniba talk about uh, Sana and her quote unquote uh you know crazy theories and and stuff like that that muniba feels that she that has embarrassed her over the years that was interesting because it is like i mean speaking from you know an indian american household and sort of how important keeping up appearances is for the community like in a really frustrating way at times um i i think there was like an authenticity to that conversation in terms of how hurt muniba was by what she had to do to survive, right? To survive having this mother who maybe wasn't playing the role as she should have been playing it. Um, I think it was telling where she just has that aside when, you know, when when her father left and how it didn't change anything. I think we learned a lot about both characters in this conversation. And again, I keep coming back to sort of like how well they've balanced allowing them to have that discord and allowing them to have those frustrating moments, but still like they clearly care about each other so deeply, right? And we get to see that with that Kamala and Muniba in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So it was a nice paralleling. It was a nice like, 
like moment of reality and a moment of like disconnect where you have those like generational differences and there's yeah. no clearly like uh, Sana had never shown Muniba had never been able to show Muniba any sort of proof for what she thought and what she believed and it's like you have to wonder like how Kamala would interact with her grandmother without that same sense of proof yeah, yeah. like how would that change things so I, was, I don't mm. know I, I really really liked it I thought it was a like lovely moment between the two of them and heartbreaking mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure uh jake you have anything to add no she just had a, that was a very good serious point all i had was a joke and i'm not gonna <laughs> sour the point hunter do you have anything to add about the scene uh no nothing of value i feel like that <laughs> i feel like that was she Tell pretty much summed it up. It's the same as if I were to add anything, it'd be someone, silly. If someone, comments, makes, so. if someone makes a point that smart, AC, I don't feel like you don't need to ask yeah, it. Yeah, it's not really poignant, and I, did, I didn't listen, really want to step on it. I open up the floor. Yeah, listen, man, uh, I'm the point guard. I'm trying to make sure everybody gets involved and stuff like that. That's the that's the. Did you that's imagine if, like, like, MLK stood up and, like, gave this beautiful speech, and then someone else hopped on the mic and was like, you, um... Uh, white guy in the audience, what's your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Well, maybe, I that guy, like, maybe I teach y'all up like that on purpose. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Reverse I love microaggression. It. That's what just happened. I I, listen, between Jake and Hunter, it's amazing. They like live up to the hype of the reverse. It's it's incredible. I know my role on the show, and it is to uh, you know do what I do. And Hunter also, I think, is also kind of doing the same thing. And we know what we're doing. I know, I know what my role here is, and yeah. you know, sometimes it's just to listen, AC. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. And we have we have arrived at at uh towards the, the closing point of this episode where uh Kamala meets up with Kareem and Walid and Walid gives her the uh what is it? I think I what is what was how how would we describe this, uh Preeti? The top? Uh, the yeah, top, the top that, he, to that turquoise top. Yes, that, that uh, yeah, she, it was just kind of a shirt. It wasn't it, it wasn't a piece of clothing. I, I, it looked more like something my like uncle would wear. Like it felt very <laughs> here's this shirt we found for you. And it looks like great. Probably, though, I love they, it. They just made her yesterday, though. I they I mean, <laughs> they might just I loved be a shirt it. They found. <laughs> I liked I liked the like obviously the the way it still echoed the costume that we're gonna see yeah. eventually. Yep. Like I thought that yes. was very smart. Yeah, so while he's talking about her genetics may it may be the key to to you know stopping this uh, the Norse situation from uh, becoming critical, and once that happens, the clandestines show up. What private jet did they hop on to get all the way over here that, that was quickly? Very fast. <laughs> I did have the same Comics. thought. I was like, I you guys clearly did not sit like economy on like a twelve hour flight with two connections. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, like uh, like Preeti said earlier, comics. <laughs> yeah, comics. <laughs> definitely a comics moment. So the 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 fight is on, the chase is on, and I think what. It proceeds to be a pretty good good action scene, and this episode had a lot of good action. I felt um, mm -hmm. it, it, it was it was very good there. So there's a chase that that commences, which eventually leads to 
uh, say what you call this, pour one out for for our, our dog. I'm Lee. so sad about like I. I just love him so much, and I was like, "Oh, you guys killed him already!" Like, can we not have like two? Can we not have Faran and Fawad in the same episode? I deserve the, the, this. The the, the 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 classic um, wise leader who tells, I know. Uh, who gives the exposition, and says, has "Don't worry, I'll die. protect you guys." He just has mm. to. Yeah, he just has to go. He'll so, get his uh, own like six episode miniseries and like. 20 years yeah shout out out to yeah shout out to a future prequel of uh waleed's adventures (laughs) um back in the day um but but yeah so like we get we get a fun chase scene but then of course the clandestine people uh catch up um i thought kareem and kamala were handling business um Mm -hmm. this was a really really fun close to the episode as they're going back and forth trading blows and then um, eventually, like, Kareem gets hit. Kareem gets hit, and then uh, it's down to Kamala and and Najima. Uh, what you call it? It's, she, she done had enough. She's very, mm-hmm. very, very, yeah. She she's very angry, and um, she goes to uh, take the bangle, but she actually stabs the bangle. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is all of a sudden. Kamala Khan is it is on is at the train station in 1942. Where did we go? Did she just time travel? Oh yeah, yeah. The episode is over. Oh <laughs> yeah, but there's gosh. enough of her in that last few minutes. Is it? It's uh, where you have enough. Where I like, I started crying again because the show just makes me cry constantly. But just mm-hmm. seeing her living in that moment was so intense, mm-hmm. and. So in the comics, her powers are interesting because they, like, again, it's been a minute, but her Adam's time travel, like, that's how she was, like, that's how they explained her stretching and stuff, like, several years ago. I don't know if it's changed. If I may borrow a phrase, comics. (laughs) Comics. But, like, so time travel is a part of who she is. Like, it's, it's a part of her story. And so I was like, sure, yes, this makes sense. Let's do it. Almost sort of quantum-y. Mm. I was I was just about to say that half the um, stars more like quantum realm time travel. That's not as clever as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I, like you guys get I really thought you were going to bring it back with a pun, man. <laughs> I did too, and then I was like, I can't have too much dead space on this podcast, so I got to just say something. Yeah, it, starting a sentence where you think it's going to end with the joke and not having the joke when you start it is always a dangerous proposition. <laughs> He was up in the air times. for the three. He got caught up in the air trying to do the yeah, three. Exactly. That's okay, because I think yeah, sometimes it happens. That was funnier than anything I would have come up with. So, <laughs> that is so. a good point. <laughs> Fair. But the thing is, I like that they ended here because I think that there is um, – that this clearly is like the origin story of her powers, if that makes sense. Not her origin story is super – hero but like the right. origin story of the bangle and how this all came to be and mm-hmm. so i think seeing it firsthand is gonna inherently be better than anyone explaining it or getting like flashbacks for having to someone else um and i think that as you talked about and you know i'd love to hear you talk more about with the fractured identity like to some extent i think a lot of people with family histories like this want to be able to experience it in some way or like it would be help to experience it not would not want to necessarily but would like the insight that she can get from experiencing it is i think 
is going to be very fascinating because it's different than just being told about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think the what we've seen from Kamala's family so far is that they clearly don't talk about it very frequently and they don't because it is such a pain point. And so putting her in there to experience is like doubly important for her specifically. And like, um, this is 1947, 19, that's when the actual thing happened. Um, but I agree. I think it's going to give her, what I'm interested in seeing is how this story is going to impact her relationship to her powers and her relationship to what she sees her, her place as. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's the question that this series is giving us. Yes. And I, and, and I do wonder, is she actually going to meet Aisha in this time? Um, I hope so. That that would be, that would be a nice, well, uh, conversation. So Aisha is already, she did, this is the night she disappears, right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Right? So we're going to see uh, Hassan Nana and Aisha Nani and Sana and all of it. I'm very excited. What, oh, uh, man. what do you think the odds are that Kamala accidentally plays a role in that disappearance? Hmm. Whoa. I don't want to open up the worms that is the MCU theory on time travel. And so That's I won't. <laughs> but I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to gesture towards it. Because I think, I think... That that would not be the case. That that can't be the case because I don't believe the MCU follows the logic of if you went back in time and changed something, it already has happened in your place. I don't think that that's the case in the MCU, Mm -hmm. which in my opinion is better for storytelling purposes anyway. But uh, (laughs) so I don't think that that can happen. (laughs) It is a yeah. This it's interesting. We have two episodes left, guys. Uh, Preethi, any final thoughts on where you think this is headed overall? Just now you're through four episodes and we're in the home stretch. Give me, give me your feelings. Um, like I said, I think this is going to end with her getting to that good is not a thing you are. It's a thing you do point um, and feeling much more comfortable in her choices to be a hero and maybe even like seeking Carol out. Like maybe that's the next step. Like, and, uh, Something big's going to happen and it's going to be something that she can't handle on her own and has to kind of like figure out how to work with other heroes. Um, I don't know. That's Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. Hunter, any final thoughts as we close this sucker out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just really excited to see where it goes. I've uh, this show has been consistently so good through its, mm-hmm. its whole run. And I tr- like I will just be happy if it just stays this good. For the next yeah. two episodes and then i'll be a happy camper if that if that goes on so yeah i i'm just i'm just pumped i'm pumped for where this is like... going i'm really pumped to see kamala do more things <laughs> and like really gonna just really really make a point because fun with cons in that next episode it's gonna be great it has mm-hmm. to be great it's <laughs> yeah. gonna be in it yeah, I oh, think he. It, yeah. It's a possibility, and Preeti, you're not going to know what this means, but it's possible he might come up on the 2023 edition of the pod that we do for the Patreon. Oh, yeah. I know what this means. Yeah, uh, but Preeti, we do a thing for f- the last two years for Patreon on Father's Day. We've done a pod where we oh no the top ten MCU daddies. I knew uh, that's where that was going to go. And uh, <laughs> the answer, the winner of this year's, might surprise you. I'm not going to say it because you, but and people can subscribe for three dollars a month at le- on Patreon anyway. <laughs> But yeah, I'm excited to see another candidate for that because we're always looking for new blood. Uh, but yeah, I just really want to see how this comes together and I want to see 
how I want to have honestly, I want to have a better idea of how we get to the Marvels than some of the other mm-hmm. shows have left off. Like I want to have, uh, you know, some type of reaching out, even if Carol's not in like the last episode, I want to see a very good, a clear picture of how she's going to factor in. But yeah, I just think that the exploration of all this stuff is fascinating. And um, I don't know. I, I like I've been saying this entire time. Amon Vellani is so winning and such yes. a lightning bolt of charisma and sincerity that they almost plot wise, there's almost nothing they can do that can negate how wonderful she is to watch. And of course, that's of course, knock on wood, but <laughs> and just, she just, just knocked on her head. I guess my point is that like, Good performances can paper over a lot. And so like I'm whereas with the other shows, I was kind of like holding my breath, like, I really hope they don't screw this up. Here I'm really not that worried about that. I'm just like, I want to see her be her. And that mm-hmm. is why I'm tuning in every week. Yeah, I mean it's it's feels yeah. very like RDJ is Tony Starkish, where like it could be a bad movie, but you knew you were gonna like to watch Robert Tony right. Jr. play Tony Stark. It's it's the same thing. Yeah. Um I think for me, for as far as like where we're going, um, I just love I just love the show. I, I, I it, it's amazing how quickly this has this has skyrocketed up my list of of MCU uh, Disney Plus shows, which uh, you know we'll talk about at the end of this series overall. But um, I got a good feeling about this one. So uh, regardless of story, regardless of plot, and what that may mean for the overall MCU. I'm just happy that this show has been awesome. I really do. I really do feel that way. I've just thoroughly enjoyed everything that I'm seeing. So whatever MCU connections, that'll be cool. But um, yeah, Iman Vellani is just, you know, killing it. And everybody around her is doing the thing as well. Shout out to the creators and and everybody who's been doing this show so far. It's just been a, a, a pleasure to watch. And it has been a pleasure to have you on the show, Preeti, for the first yes. time, I do feel like this is not going to be the last time I will be oh, asking yeah. you to come on the show. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please plug away your work, your follows. Give us the whole thing. Sure. Um, you can follow me on basically all social media where I spend too much time. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, it is at Run With Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. But the thing I'm really going to ask you to do is to pre-order my Spider-Man book. It is called Spider-Man Social Dilemma. It comes out July 26th. If you pre-order from Little Shop of Stories in Decatur, Georgia, I'll sign it. Uh, yeah, so July 26th, Spider-Man Social Dilemma. Awesome, oh, yeah. awesome. Pleasure to have you on. Hunter, 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 Hunter. Tell us where we can follow you. Thanks again for joining us, brother. Of course. Um, you can follow me on all social media uh, where I'm also on way too much at <laughs> H-R-A-D-E-S-I-14. Uh, I, I use that for everything because I'm not that creative. And <laughs> I, write, I write for Murphy's Multiverse, so I'm pushing out articles every day. I just did a whole bunch of fun Thor coverage today. Uh, I do interviews. I do a lot of talky stuff. I do a lot of, you know, video stuff. Uh, yeah, follow me. You'll find out. I post about it a lot. Yes, yes. Uh, thanks once again. And Jake, where can we follow you, my friend? 
you can follow me on Twitter at the J Christie, where I'm also on there too much, but I genuinely don't feel that bad about it because I wouldn't be doing this show without <laughs> it. And also, like, I don't know, I just am not. In the, <laughs> I have, or I have much unhealthier habits that I should feel bad about, so I'm not really worried about social media. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, follow me there, and uh, I'm pro- going to do some type of other. I'm, I'm going to do some type of other live stream soon to raise some money for some other stuff. Cause I don't know if you guys noticed there's some stuff that needs to be raised money for. Um, but yeah, yeah. so I'm going to do, I might honestly, I might, I was thinking of taking a longer break, but I might do another 24 hours. It depends. I'm coming up with some ideas, but just keep a lookout. If you enjoyed the 24 hour stream we did uh, in, well, sorry, I did in May. Uh, <laughs> I was the only one on for 24 hours. Uh, then just keep an with eye assistance. out. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, a lot of people came on. But only one of us was but there. You were the marathoner. I was Shout there out. from eight to eight. Thank you very much. But no, uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. You can follow the show at MC University Pod. As far as hosting duties for Miss Marvel uh, next week, I will be handing the reins off to Jake. Both yeah. me and Jerome will be on the vacation next week. Mm-hmm. So Jake will have to cook something up. Like, I'm yeah, excited to doing all of your voices. Oh, no, no, I'm just, I have a lot of aspirations for 2022, but being canceled is not very high on that list. I'm not going to do that. That That is tremendous. So yes. So remember, follow at MC University pod, check out the discord by becoming a Patreon, patreon.com MC University pod. And uh, yeah, look out for a Thor review. A Thor review will be coming next week when the movie comes out. So look forward to that. So for Preethi, for Hunter, and for Jake, I am Anthony Canton the Third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.